Welcome to the Green by Design podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. We have Fernanda and Eric Furman, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about them before I get started grilling them with all of my important questions. So Fernanda is a healthy home architect, and Eric is a healthy home contractor. Fernanda was born and raised in Brazil, and she never thought that her own home in America would slowly start to make her sick. Eric developed his own line of water filtration equipment, and he has also been a speaker and a coach for the industry. Through the process of healing, Fernanda and Eric together have found that many other families have had the same issue that they have experienced. Together, they've been helping people build and remodel and create healthy homes by reducing their exposure to toxins. And that is a little bit about them, but we're going to delve much deeper into that bio and their story. And so, yes, welcome and thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's good to be here. For all of you out there, you wouldn't necessarily know this, but this is a bit of a role reversal for us. These two first interviewed me for their um, webinar and educational series, which um, we will put in the show notes. And then I thought I would flip the table on them and get the chance to interview them yeah. and their story more in depth. So this is fun. Great. Um, yeah. Well, let's dig into it. Um, you have a very interesting story that I have heard anecdotally over and over again, but this is the first opportunity I've had to really like get to the nitty gritty about this happening to real people that I know. So um, what we're going to be talking about is your experience in renovating, well, your, your general background and what you used to do and what you do now and how um, you got into the healthy indoor built environment industry. So take it away. Yeah. So hi, everybody. We're very pleased to be here today and for the opportunity to share our story with the listeners. And I know from just talking to a lot of our friends that a lot of people have been going through the same story, but they don't know exactly how to solve the problem. You know, as Erica said, I was born in Brazil. And um, what I remember from my childhood, it's, you know, clean air, like just doors were open, uh, wind was blowing all the time. I could smell the you know, the food get, that was being cooked freshly every single day. And uh, we didn't have much, so there was not too much clutter to collect dust. And I came to America in 2005, I guess, 2005. And that's when, you know, I started, I didn't see initially what was going on with me, but over time, uh, Eric and I, we start remodeling homes. And uh, when the last one that we remodeled, we were living inside of the house and I got extremely sick. For two years, I had headaches every single day. I had no energy, everything, libido, no libido, no, like I had no desire to do anything other than just staying bad. Uh, I had memory fog, I had dizziness, short breath, all that kind of stuff. And I went to from doctor to doctor and every single result came back just normal. And they were, you know, basically thinking that I was just creating this kind of disease or this kind of problem to get some attention. But the hardest part was to actually pinpoint what was going on. And even around my family, people were not validating how I was feeling. They didn't understand. They thought that it's just exercise. You just need to eat better. You just need to do that. Everybody had a piece of a device, but 
nobody knew exactly what was going on. And it was not until we were remodeling another house in Las Vegas that we were staying there for three or four days. And we realized that I was able to wake up before the alarm clock went off, six o'clock in the morning, had energy to work throughout the day with no coffee. I didn't need anything. And that's when one day Eric and I just clicked that it's something in the house. And I will let you speak about that. Yeah, I don't know if you want to interject there, but um, yeah, that was the aha moment for us. Where we started talking to couples, same thing. It's like nobody could really pinpoint what was happening. And I think for us, just kind of seeing that, you know, California has been on the forefront of trying to save energy, which is amazing. But one of the unfortunate byproducts we found is tightening up our homes so much in an effort to save energy did something else where we basically enclosed ourselves into a big bag, so to speak. And so that fresh air that would normally leak through our homes is no longer exchanging fresh air in the house. And we went from a normal CO2 level, the carbon dioxide that we exhale, fresh air, like for example, is around 400 now. Our home was like 2000 at night while we were sleeping. So it's five times higher. And that's where brain fog, dizziness, all these things, start coming into play that was one of the things so we brought fresh air into the house commercial's been doing it for years um, i would see that in commercial products so that's projects so that's where i kind of started looking into it or we basically turned our house into a running lab because once we realized it was maybe our home that was doing that to us and she works from home and she was home more often so she was really the one Number one, that was sensitive to these things, and number two, was spending more time in that environment. So we got the double pane windows, which we didn't have before. It was an older existing home. So, flooring. yeah, bringing all these things up to speed. Yeah, and then all of the stuff that we did to the home, like flooring and all these things, kind of got locked into the house and didn't, you know, off gas outside the home. They stayed inside of the house. So, right. Um, how do you bring nature back into the house and still be energy efficient, still be green minded, but part of green really is going back to nature and being simple. So there's this balance on the residential side in homes. I don't see yet in my industry what's been in commercial for years, mostly because of safety issues. You get a thousand people in a building. Imagine if you don't have fresh air getting to that building, it drop yeah. over dead maybe in a couple hours. So homes especially if it's existing, you're not going to really see these measures implemented. And that was one of the biggest ones, I think, for us is getting nature back into the house. Absolutely. So, wow, that's insane. I feel like I can personally relate to those symptoms. <laughs> yeah. um, and I do, I mean, I haven't, we haven't remodeled. Um, we're currently in one half of a old pre-war home um, that's been... Wow split down the middle and made into a little duplex, but, but there are some problems with it. And I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if that's what's happening. And because we don't have an HVAC system here yet, um, I'm probably going to be getting a portable air filter. So it just freaks me out hearing about that, even though yeah. I hear about it all the time, it's different in this context. So let's back up a little bit. So you guys were um, doing like just flips for real estate investment and Fernando, you're an architect by trade? Yes, I am. Uh -huh. And then Eric in construction by trade, right? Yeah. So you're mm -hmm. kind of like the dream team. Yeah. 
or the fight a lot team. No. <laughs> we've made it through how many together? Yeah, we've like, oh my gosh. And we lived in the remodels most of the time too. So that was even more challenging. That's totally, totally crazy. My husband and I are experiencing the same thing. Yeah. I'm a designer. He's a structural engineer turned real estate developer by trade. So, nice. so we're Very like, similar. we're yeah. trying to be the, the dream team and or argue a lot team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I can write. Okay. So you were working on these homes, you were living in them, and then you finally realized that and you started to do some research about what all you could do as I'm understanding and figuring that out. Before I want to know what the fixes were that you did, I want to just point out this is something I have said on this show before and said to my students in the past, which is that it's not always the same thing to be sustainable and to be non-toxic. And one day we can get there and have a word that encompasses both of it. But it is a balance and a line that you have to walk and be aware of. And I think that your story is um, a real life example of that because I'm always trying to find like examples of what I mean in that case. And that's exactly perfect. So just to reiterate, it sounds like you were doing all these things to be very energy efficient. You replaced windows with tighter windows that didn't necessarily let as much light or air in and maybe some insulation procedures and maybe yeah. some other things. And just making sure that there was no drafts or leaks, which can contribute to, you know, much higher energy costs and stuff like that. So you were tightening all that up and then the flow of air sort of diminished with... Stopped. Yes, yeah. And so you had a higher release of other chemicals. You said one of them was carbon dioxide, just from being human beings that, that expel carbon dioxide. And then other things you mentioned were potentially some volatile organic compounds, VOCs, from products as you were installing them into your remodels, like the flooring glue or um, anything vinyl. Caulking is a big one. Okay. Uh, I just had a conversation with, a, we were just on a job checking it out today and yesterday, two really big projects. And luckily, this stuff is getting into the conversation and early on. One of these is, pre-build and the other one's being built mm -hmm. and this is another challenge too is in an effort to be greener some of these products don't last as long either like for example there was a really good caulking which is one of the worst off-gassing materials even higher than paints or glues mm -hmm. historically but talking to some of these contractors that have used them and I've seen that myself is some of them don't last as long too so again like I said where's where's the balance of the longevity and Mm. It's, it's it's tough and the good thing is is we're all starting to try now and some of these things are mandated thank goodness um, but yeah that was a big one is we locked all of that stuff into the house too we also brought in new furniture yeah yeah, one we found out yeah. yeah and that amazing smell that i used to love like that smell of new car a new couch, you know? <laughs> I like the smell of new leather, which is probably just as bad. Right? So, um, yeah, I could like yeah. sniff, take a big old inhale of leather or like old books where the glue, that's what you're smelling, like the decaying yeah. glue. <laughs> yes, yes. So I even like the smell of diesel, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> me too. 
the bleach. Yeah, no, not so much. Okay, so I have a couple questions for the yeah. caulking. If it doesn't last as long, are you familiar with the the non toxic version? Are you familiar with the lifespan of a greener version that is not going to offcast as many chemicals? Like how many years are we talking compared to conventional? It's a great question. And I don't know the answer to that yet because I think most of them, at least the one that I found that's no longer in business, mm. I don't think there were enough studies done on it because it's so new that the one I found was within the last five years and they're already off the market. So hopefully oh. kind of like the, the electric car that started in the 80s and is now finally here. I, I think it's going to come again, absolutely, but I don't think anybody's there yet to substantiate the difference in how long they're going to last. I don't think they've been out long enough from what I've seen. So I don't know. Shucks. Okay, so we have to look yeah. through all of our resources to see if we can still find companies that are trying to do a better job with that yeah. particular material. Just to clarify a couple of the things that we're talking about, sometimes if you're doing a wood floor or even a carpet floor, the adhesive, the backing is where basically anytime you have an adhesive is where we're going to be finding those chemicals that can come out into the air. Off gas is the term that we use. Yeah. And then if you are using flooring, which you might have been doing, those luxury vinyl that look like wood or look like some cool pattern, vinyl has a chemical in it oftentimes called PVC, and that is one of the gnarly ones that you want to avoid. Yeah. Vinyls that are PVC free. I don't know that even those are the way to go, but PVC is something that you want to be asking about in terms of manufacturers for the designers out there. And yeah. then lastly, you mentioned the furniture, which is something we've been talking a lot about on this show. Like what the heck is in your sofa and your nursing chair and your recliner and all the things that you spend the most time in or that your family yeah. and so things that we need to be looking out for in there. I think a lot of people are more aware about the fire retardants and we're starting to see more makers not put those in or not add any extras. And to be clear about that, that's not a VOC. It's a different kind or category of chemical, which doesn't off gas into the air, but should you absorb it, should it float around into dust and you eat it or some, a lot of times cats will lay on a piece of furniture and then look themselves and then get thyroid disease and die. So like any method of ingestion or it being on you, it does accumulate and stay in your body system because it still stays in the fat cells and it doesn't get pushed out of your Sounds system. Sounds like lead, basically, what would happen with something like lead. Similar, I think it's a similar, uh, man, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> I know that yeah. it's different than inhaling it the way airborne or volatile organic compounds are floating around in the air. I think it's a bit different process just to um, clarify. One of the things that I think that's important too is like one of our, our clients, she's like, I'm never using, you know, PVC shower curtains. You know, that's so toxic, especially because when you're taking a shower, mm. as, you know, as heats up, you know, it gets the vapor and it gets in the air, but she is applying, she's, re, you know, remodeling her home and she's using vinyl flooring. And uh, the 
crazy stuff, yeah, the craziest thing is they are remodeling and getting rid of the flooring that they have right now because her husband got sick. So one of the things that I, you know, I really, it's very hard for us even to know everything that's out there, to know all the products, what's safe and what's not. But the good thing is shows like yours, you know, there's so many resources out there that we just need to educate, get educated little by little every day and go through the resources that are already available and search, call the manufacturer and ask, what are you using? How do I put it down? What are the components of this flooring? Because I think that it's very important. Right. Absolutely. And like as a little anecdote, I once purchased wallpaper that was an eco-friendlier version from the adhesive to the components of the paper itself, which can be any, any type of vinyl or fabric or paper or lead coated or clay coated, all kinds of things. And he took the paper, but then he used his own additional adhesive in addition. So it kind of like completely negated the point of what I was trying <laughs> to do. So just like little things like that. But I would love to know more about the last half of your story. So what did you end up doing as a solution in your own home? And then how did that help you figure out what you're doing now? And how do you help other people now? So I'm going to start and let Eric finish the story. We started out as well a while ago our non-toxic living lifestyle started about seven or eight years ago. And that's when we started, you know, looking into the water bottles and Eric started testing the water. And he realized that after buying many systems that the systems were not delivering what they're supposed to deliver. Probably like the whole house water filtration system. Okay. So you yeah. were installing an entire home water filtration system and then you would get, was it a home that's testing it. kit? Well, we bought other, we bought a lot of systems. We invested in, um, first I did about a year's worth of research, then I settled on a system, didn't do what we thought it would, and so then I started buying other systems and basically testing them, sending some things to like a third-party lab, then I invested in the equipment to test a lot of the initial things uh, right away. Unfortunately, so there's two things. One, all of us absolutely believe every single one of us in California needs some sort of water filtration system. And mm -hmm. then number two, it's an industry riddled with bogus products and misinformation. So it's hard to figure out what to put in your house. So um, it was a long journey. So wow. That's why we came up with our own stuff because I couldn't find anything from anybody else that I could believe in and that actually worked. Mm. I mean, I've done like sort of on a whim, I bought like one of those little testing strips on Amazon. I have, you know, it said I had like five bajillion parts of all kinds of heavy metals in the sinks because yeah. I kept tasting specifically in this place, I kept tasting heavy metals and I was like, oh man. And I felt like I was tasting it more in the kitchen sink than I was in the bathroom sink, but I tested both. Like it was just those little home kits with the test strips. I have no idea. It scared me to death. I have a Brita, that's about it, that I am able to do currently. But as we get our own house, that is something I'm going to be thinking heavily about. Okay, so water was one thing. You wanted to make sure that what you were showering in and drinking in was clear of um, heavy metals and 
I guess, chlorines and fluorines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was huge because I was not a believer back then. And then we moved to our new house and (laughs) and, uh, we moved to our new house and my son was a year and a half old. So he was born in a house that had a whole house water filtration system. We moved to the new house and the house, we didn't have time to install it. And my son developed eczema throughout his whole body. Mm. And, um, you know, we didn't want to apply the steroids twice a day throughout his, you know, his whole body. So when Eric installed the system, the symptoms went away and he never had a flare up again. Wow. So do you think he was extra sensitive to that because, or maybe the doctor has since told you because he was born and lived in a house without, like he was not inoculated or like adapted in any way. I mean, a a lot of people have eczema for a lot of different reasons, but like, I wonder if it was almost worse that he started, like it came on so hard started with no exposure to that. I don't know. Yeah. It's really tough to say. And I definitely have a heart for parents going through that because like us, I mean, we searched all over for every single answer and it was an accident that right around the same time that we were still looking for solutions before we, attempted to put something like steroids on our one-year-old, which was the last thing we wanted to do. We were looking for everything we could. Like she said, I installed it without anybody knowing. So a couple things happened all at the same time. That's when we're like, okay, there's definitely something to this. So for people listening, no, um, once you have eczema, you you have it forever. I think it's something that's always in you and you're just trying Mm -hmm. to prevent the flare-up. So when you get the drying effect from all the water treatment that's going on, which is quote unquote safe because you're not going to get dysentery you know you're going to get all these crazy diseases that people would get when water wasn't treated Mm -hmm. well it's so powerful that um it dries out your skin it dries out women's hair you coloring you do in your hair is going to last half the amount of time all this stuff you're spending money on with your face can last half the amount of time just got my hair done yesterday Well, so yeah, so her sister was here visiting from Brazil where the water is just amazing right out of the tap. Within like a couple of days of being here before I put it in, she's like, what is wrong with your water? Oh yeah, she was itching like crazy. Her hair looked like this frizzy mass and put the water filtration in. Kid's eczema went away. Her symptoms went away. It was just all these things started happening. I okay. And this wasn't even the system that we're using today. It was like half um, the power that we have now. yeah so um that's when we knew something was definitely yeah so that was the first thing that we start doing and then we change our cleaning products yeah. we change our laundry products and that was the second major thing that we did in a house the other thing too is some of the furniture that we're about to replace they were about eight years old so when i learned about the toxin inside and all the VOCs in new furniture we decided that you know what this furniture looks amazing we already you know the furniture already off gas there's no reason for us to replace it just because we want to redecorate the home until we find something that it's safe non-toxic that we can put in the house so we decided to keep the furniture that we had and the new one that we had you know we already we had just bought new couch new new carpets, new area rugs, new decor, and, you know, the blankets and the new pillows that we got, we took them all back. Because when we learned what's inside and what they're made out of, we were like, we can't live with this. 
Eric would get red eyes immediately when he was coming home. Hmm. So that was another thing we did. And then Eric did the major, the two major things was doing the, the air, the air filtration and the EMF. In the water. Yeah. So on the air side, we did a couple of things. It was fresh air coming in. It was um, a HEPA filter for the whole house that runs basically all day long um, on a really low volume of air. And then it's coupled by a UV filter at the end of it. So just like you mentioned, getting one of those room filters, imagine that doing your whole house. So that's basically what we have. And then another element of this, which is the end of this story, which we're now detoxing her body. We got toxic mold in our house after all of that which is a whole nother thing that is coming up these days. There are people, as I started researching this, we were looking at a $70,000 home remediation from the water damage that we had. Just like something that was apparent, like you wake up and your house is underwater, it was leaks in walls, it was intrusion from rain in this bizarre box they built outside. And so through looking into you know, having somebody do that, I thought, well, with our team, why don't we just get certified and do it ourselves? So we did. That's a big thing that's coming up. And through that, I found out people even in Las Vegas where average humidity is like what, 10, 15%, they're getting mold in their homes too because it's the same thing. They've closed up their homes, the air's not exchanging, and mold is showing up in people's homes in Vegas like you wouldn't believe, which just seems right. crazy to me. It does. I thought I've wondered that before and tried to make those two things work together in my mind being I, I kind of was going in circles thinking, do I need a dehumidifier or a humidifier? Like yeah. <laughs> I live in, I live in a semi-desert in, in Southern California. So do you guys. So I was kind of just like, why do I, what am I in danger of this? But it does make sense now when you look at it from a construction point of view. Okay. So you had an entire whole house air filtration. So it was a forced air system, filtration system. And it sounds like it was, can you explain the difference between, or maybe just explain a little bit about what that HEPA filter is and what it does? Absolutely. So there's a lot of irritants or quote unquote toxins in the air that we deal with even outside and everywhere. So each one does different things. So for example, um, me, for example, I get very sensitive to particulates in the air. It could be released during cooking, something is cooking in your own kitchen and the vents above the stove not working really well. It can be all these beautiful decoration items that you guys like to put in like curtains, for example, that hold dust. And if you get the right temperature going on in your house, you can have dust mites. And as things kind of disintegrate over time, you just get particles in the air. Particulates are caught by the HEPA filter. And um, it's just a really fine mesh. Lennox is the best company that I've seen that gives you the most amount of filtration without putting a drag on the system too. Mm. Um, So that catches particles. And then at the end of it, If you have an air conditioner, which does remove some of the humidity, that humidity collects in this dark, wet box. And if you don't have a really good filter, you have all these particles collecting on your, it's called an evaporator coil that's next to your furnace. 
it grows stuff in there, algaes, molds, and these types of things. So I have a UV light that doesn't produce ozone. Another tip there you want as you're looking for your filtration stuff, if it does UV, make sure it's certified not to put out ozone, which is a lung irritant. So that helps knock out any vi viruses, bacteria, and things like that. So that's part of it. And you got fresh air, which helps the CO2 levels, which helps cognitive brain function. But humidity is a big one too, because you want to be right in between like 30 and 50%. There's a range of humidity. You go below that, you've got viruses, you go above, you've got mold. There's other things that grow on either spectrum. Hmm. Dust mites thrive in a warm, humid environment. So humidity is a big one. You can do a portable unit, just like the air filters you're looking for. You can also do a whole house dehumidifier, and that's really important from what we're finding out, especially in homes like Vegas or ours or anybody using heating and air equipment and trying to save money, but then you've got poor air quality. Right. So to touch on the thing you mentioned, um, there's no ionic button or feature on the type of air filtration you're talking about, which should just be reiterated because that is, I think, still a thing that is possible to purchase, which you do, you do not want to do. It produces, is ozone O3? Leon? Yeah. Okay. And it's interesting because ozone is amazing for cleaning water. Like in Brazil, for example, ozone is their water treatment there. And I mm -hmm. wish they would do it here because there's no chlorine needed. It's amazing. It's, we even had an ozone machine for our laundry but it's also caustic, meaning it burns. So it could blow out all the seals in your laundry machine, and if it gets airborne, it basically starts to burn your lungs and nasal passages. Right. It's enough of a volume of it, obviously. Right, so in this capacity, it actually, in an air filter situation, it would be producing ozone into the air, which you don't wanna do. It's actually a, one of the significant greenhouse gases, and beyond right. that, it is, a compound that is irritating to human health as well. So yeah. um, something to avoid. Yeah, so as you look through those, when we travel, we bring a portable unit and we can send you that. It's Levoit, I think you pronounce it Levoit. It's L-E-V-O-I-T. Uh, really small unit you can throw in your suitcase. Hotels are riddled with dust and stuff too, just to kind mm. of clear particulates, which like that I'm really sensitive to. There's no UV light on it whatsoever. But yeah, That's these smart. ionizers, it's tough because some do and some don't, but generally ionizers will produce ozone. So it's tough to find them that don't. Okay. So we did, we talked about water, we talked about air, and you mentioned that you ended up keeping your furniture that was pretty much done off gassing, off yeah. Depending on what the product is or the material, it will off-gas for a certain amount of time and you will smell it most significantly at the beginning of that process. But over time, like the amount of compounds that are going to come off will stop. So I am curious though, how if you still have that stuff or if you're looking into getting a new stuff and where you're looking and what your approach is to it, because for this audience with professionals in the design industry and home building industry, I would want to be able to share with them as, I guess, as like ideal clients, 
which you're representing what you were looking for and how you started to approach it or are going to? Yeah, so we decided to keep the furniture and we are going to replace them as they start breaking down or you know, as we see that it needs to be replaced. There's two places that I have been looking at in terms of building materials. One of them, it's called the Green Building Supply. Mm -hmm. It's a favorite. Yeah, yeah. They have like flooring, they have anything you can think about building a house with, they have those materials there. The other thing too, they're very good at answering the phone and talking to you and a giving real you- A live human? A hu actually, the owner of the company answered the phone. I didn't know that. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, and they, you know, they answer the questions you have. If you have anything that you're concerned about, they're very good at explaining it to you. So, and the other guy that is very good, he actually created a new degree. It's a degree of green. His name is Andy Pace. And uh, he is also a leader in the industry of building that your listeners can do a little research on him, Andrew Pace. He's very well known in the industry. And uh, that's another place that they can go for resources. Now, in terms of off-gassing, it's hard to know. We can't really tell when it's done off-gassing unless you have somebody that lives with you that has all the equipment that just like everything I bring in the house, he tests like you that's, would not believe. That's amazing. So yeah. is it accessible? Do you offer that to people as like a service? Is it accessible to people who like, could someone, could a designer go around testing things, yeah. showrooms? Like, how do we approach that? So from what I've seen, there's all different levels. And the good thing about technology is the things that professionals used years ago are now becoming accessible to the average consumer for somebody just kind of getting started. So yeah, we can definitely share some of the meters that I've bought. Some of them are handheld. Some of them are really expensive handheld, more of the professional level that somebody's not used to buy in their home that we use for the mold, for example. Mm -hmm. Some of them are a Wi-Fi device that constantly monitors the air. Then some of the traditional heating and air companies like Honeywell, like we've all heard of that make a thermostat. We figured out a way, unfortunately, they don't have a residential model, but I figured out a way to convert it into residential where it basically is constantly monitoring the air quality for certain parameters, like we have one for VOCs, and they have one for um, most of them tied into the thermostat have humidity, and then the other one is um, the CO2 levels, which has been around for years, but the voltage isn't something you'd use in a home. So you can have, for consumers, you just want to set it and forget it. But for answering the question to somebody like you going into a home, there's all different levels of devices. The challenge I've seen is most of the really accurate devices are going to be in the thousands of dollars, and they're just starting, starting to get stuff that you could buy for a couple hundred dollars that actually works. Like, for example, I bought one of them. There was like five of them, all the same, and they were all reading different levels, and it's really frustrating. Yes. So. And this is something I've spun my wheels about personally and trying yeah. to, as I've been developing this business, 
it is something I want to be able to offer. Like I will go in your house and show you because that always has more impact than just being able to explain yeah. it. So it is. Yeah. There's also a challenge too, and this is what has happened for me is I've realized that and there's companies that do this, they'll do like you maybe seen like this air sample or they'll put it in a room for like an hour and it's pumping air and you put it into this cassette. There's a problem with that. As we do things in the home, the indoor air quality changes. For example, right. if you take a shower, you have poor ventilation, your humidity is gonna rise. You cook something indoors, you don't have a ventilation fan like us over there that actually works, it just pumps it back into our home. You wouldn't believe the amount of toxicity that is released from just everyday cooking. Yeah. Even at normal temperatures. Um, you do something like coloring your hair in the house, doing your nails. Um, He's so unfairly pointing. <laughs> <laughs> he called me one day. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. He's like, you're doing something because I got an alert here that the, ha the air is hazards. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just getting my nails done. And he's like, where? You're in the bedroom because that's where you know, the alert. <laughs> It's like, yes. He's like, that is dangerous. Like, not danger, but it's like the air quality dropped like so much. From one Because I had all the windows closed. Oh my God. Yeah, I do so that all the time. What you could do for a customer and even in your own home, what I think makes the most sense, it just takes a little while, is you can get their uh, Fubot is one company that I like, and the other one is Yuhu, U H O O. They're from China. And I kind of do a side-by-side -side with these because one excels in certain things like particulates and the other one has more accurate uh, measurements and another parameter. And you basically set them in there for, I would say, at least three days. And then it graphs out kind of what's happening in the home. So you learn their habits and the ins and outs of the house, when they're having the spikes. That gives you a better picture of what's happening indoors. I don't think it's possible within an hour or even a day to figure out what's going on in a home. Yeah, and I used to say that, you know, the house will react to the way we act. Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, depending on what you do, it will, will, you will increase or decrease the air quality. So that's why Eric is saying it's so hard to pinpoint if you just stay there for an hour and you have like the window open, oh, your air is just yeah. fine. But exactly, once you yeah. start doing the things you do, you know, normally, and I love to give people this habit uh, tracker, and I think you saw in the workshop, and that's when you start looking into everything you do in the house and everything, all the products you use, like, and I ask my clients to do, like, you wake up, write down everything. So, for example, I woke up, I drink water. So the first question is, is your water filtered? If that's the first thing you do. Then I take a shower, is your water filtered? Then I put makeup on, I put my, my lotion in my face, I do my facial treatment. Well, what are you putting in your face? Is that toxic? Then I put perfume. Well, and then you just start going throughout the day and I ask them to detail every, like if I could just have a movie and transcript, you know, a transcript of their daily activities, that's when you start seeing where things can be improved and where probably the, their quality, where it drops and where it goes higher, you know, quality. Right. I think the point that you're touching on is the bigger picture point for me is making sure people are aware that they are not safe from buying 
from toxicity when they buy everyday products, whether that's a beauty product or a household product or a design product or material. No one, and I've said this on the show before, but there's not an agency that mandates healthy levels for all of these different products. You think the Food and Drug Administration would, you think there would be something else for beauty products and furniture, but there isn't. I've talked on the show that there are a few chemicals that are five out of like 80,000 since World War II that created that are actually banned. And then there are a significant number more that are regulated, but the regulated can just mean watched or reported upon. It doesn't mean they're not in your things. It doesn't mean it's not. And when that's such a good exercise to get people to understand the enormity of the exposure that we're all experiencing every single day. And the last thing I want to just reiterate that, that you said, Eric, before I move on to the next question is you briefly mentioned EMF. I just learned about this this year and I was just at a home inspection for myself as we're trying to purchase house here in LA and the, the general um, inspector brought his EMF machine and was like turning it on with the old um, stove that was in the old house with the fan above the stove and said like, for instance, this is something that can create an electric electromagnetic field. And at first, when I heard about the EMF, I was like, no, I can't do anymore. This is another thing. Like, (laughs) you all sound like insane hippies. Like, what is this? And then I realized, okay, it's actually something that needs to be looked into when you, like, learn a little bit about the science. And you have to, I guess, relent to the fact that if you're producing electrical field or you know, waves of any kind in that area. I mean, I'm stuttering over my words because it's hard to describe, but maybe yeah. you teach us a little bit about what you have found out so far. This is a funny story too, because yeah, I'm the biggest skeptic of everything. And, you know, I'm always second guessing things. So she went to a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. You've seen this a lot now. Who's gone the way of functional medicine and more integrative holistic health. And she won't even work with her patients if they don't have this guy come out and test for emf in the house right that's how strongly she feels about it and she's, yeah and, and she's so a we certified ex- western doctor yes okay. she's, you're seeing this a lot not mm-hmm. just some quacky dude that got some online degree this was a full-on md and then she like a lot of these people that we've interviewed and met they can't find the answers when themselves have gotten sick or somebody they love and so they've kind of to other places and emf's coming up a lot and it's even still today is like tough so a couple things that happened so this guy came over and i'm like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sitting in the corner and i'm slowly warming up to him so we did an experiment and we shut the electricity well i did when everybody's asleep i shut the electricity off like camping style three for days. three nights in a row one of the things that i noticed that i didn't really notice before and she's starting to notice it now is we've had, I think you call ringing. it ringing in the ear, tinnitus, tinnitus, however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, that went away. Like every day it was less and less until the, the third day when I woke up, there was no more ringing in my ears. And we can go on and on about that. But I think yeah, the biggest takeaway from EMF as you look into it and go down the road is think about how long human beings have been around electricity. Not that long. plus years maybe, not long. 
So I don't think we've ever been really taught how to live safely around it. Let's forget about cell phones even and Wi-Fi and all that, just electricity alone. So here's one thing that really sold me. We have meters that test for electricity so we don't kill ourselves at work, right? Well, if you've ever accidentally grabbed a plug in your wall and ever got shocked in your life. I sure have. Most of us have. So that is floating around part of that field just with the basic wiring in a home is in there. And this guy came to our house and he was basically measuring electricity in the air. And my first thought was, if there's electricity in the air, enough to make this pen go off, which I use to test live circuits, mm-hmm. could I power a light bulb from thin air? Those were my, the creative boy in me. But, so I went out in the middle of the night, found a power line, which we all say, oh, it's not good to go by power lines, right? Which is on top of my son's daycare. Yeah. <laughs> I illuminated a fluorescent tube from thin air. I have a video of it. Wow. So, just like holding it near the field? Yeah, just up in the air. It illuminated the bulb. Not fully, but enough. So the reason why you die when you touch electricity is your heart is going to mimic the patterns of the electricity and until it basically explodes. It goes 60 times per second. That's the cycle of electricity. That's right through that. Mm. So a lot of times people just go into cardiac arrest from electricity or they get burned. But a lot of them, it just from the regular wall electricity, you die because you're on it long enough, your heart is basically just going to explode. So next thought was, okay, if that's in the air, what is that doing to us over time in our natural electric rhythm? So that's where I'm really at with electricity and EMF is the whole Wi-Fi and cell phone thing. We're doing safe things for that too, like keeping it away while we sleep and, and these things. But that research is growing a lot too. So yeah, there's definitely something to it. Yeah. Another thing too to mention is that a lot of us now we're working from home, yeah. right? And uh, we we see this just growing. This is like a movement that's growing. Everybody's working from home, and uh, for me, again, I'm the one that it's just like totally being like bombarded, bombarded from every single level. And when I when this uh, guy came to our house and he came to my office. All of his equipment went crazy here, right? And he's like, oh my gosh, this office is so bad. It's so bad. And he was asking me, how often do you work here? And I'm like, just like nine hours. And back then I was working like nine to 10 hours easily a day in that office. But think about this. We have wireless. We have like the router. My router was just by my desk. It's by my bed. Do I need to move it? Yes. Yeah. So we've learned a couple of things. If you have the new Netgear one that does like the two and the five gigahertz, Mm -hmm. those actually have a button you can turn it off at night. The biggest thing that their takeaway too is when you're sleeping, you're supposed to be rebuilding and and resting, right? So if that electrical field is constantly messing with your energy system, you're not resting. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's the biggest thing is get that out of your bedroom and, or maybe turn it off at night. There's a way to turn it off. Right. So do you harsh. guys go dark and turn off the electricity every night now? No, no, but we are going to turn off zones. So I've come up with something where I can interrupt the main electrical service panel from the house. Kind of hard to explain, but you mm-hmm. wouldn't want to go out and shut those things off as 
the average homeowner or renter ever. Those are not meant to be like light switches. You can actually get really hurt doing that. So there's a okay. So I say that I get sick all the time because he needs to find those systems that he needs to create. Yeah, we hardwired the whole house too. Not an existing home, it's not easy, but there's a benefit to hardwiring too. Like for example, even with our great Wi-Fi that we had, the TV downstairs was, I mean, one-tenth the speed that it is now. Yeah, it's amazing the speeds that you'll get from hardwiring everything. And you can even hardwire your iPhone, your uh, iPad. They make adapters where you can take an Ethernet cable and it adapts into your iPad or your phone. You can shut everything off and still use your phone in your bed and you're not getting any of those signals going through your phone. Wow, this has been so enlightening. You guys are the real deal. So now if I'm to recommend you to people, I'm going to say you need to hire these guys. They're going to do an assessment of your house and you'll be able to do those three things, right? So water, air, and EMF, and then you'll be able to make recommendations. And mold or, now too. And mold. mold. Yeah. And even help people install the things that they need to do. That's yeah. kind of a full, full kit. and Implementation. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. So my next and sort of last question here is what would you want to see for people in my industry and, and really yours too, Fernanda, when we are helping clients who are really, you know, maybe it's a full remodel, maybe it's just redecorating, but what would you want to see or have us be aware of as we are working with people? So I think the first thing is being aware of their health you know, the health that they have right now. So there are so many kids that already have health issues, so many elderly people and, you know, or people like me that are already showing symptoms, which is we are, have already been exposed to an overload of toxins. We're overloaded. So which means we need immediate, you know, attention. So when you're remodeling, I think it's very important to bring the, to have this conversation more often with contractors, which I find to be a little bit more difficult because <laughs> yeah. they don't know. They don't know. And they only know, you know, we have been doing business for 30 years and that's how we know how to build. And they don't know how to deal with the manufacturer. Well, what if this drywall doesn't last as long as Eric was saying, as long as the other one, then the warranty is going to be on me. So educating the client on the options, you know, from the very beginning and let them make the decision, you know, I don't care about this, but at least the conversation starts with us. So we will be the ones that are going to be telling them not what they need, but giving them the options based on what we know that could benefit them or their family in the future. So I think that's, that's what would be my dream right now is to have all of architects, interior designers, and contractors all on the same boat, you know, like all talking about this so the the homeowner would not feel like, who do I trust? The contractor said it's fine. That's how everybody lived until now. Why do I need to pay more to have this drywall if I always lived in the house that had this other drywall or this flooring? Right. Right. Yeah. So I was going to say, I think that's a really interesting point is just even now 
man, it's going to be a delicate subject and line to walk. You don't want to like burst into someone's house as a non-medical professional and be like, tell me if you're feeling sick or like, what are your symptoms? But maybe figuring out a sensitive and appropriate way to begin that conversation. And you can say, I had, you know, maybe something along the lines of in my experience, sometimes people have experienced headaches or brain fog or respiratory problems, your kids, you know, asthma, that kind of thing. And find a delicate and respectful way, or maybe even asking if it's okay to ask like some of those questions. I don't know. You have to, everyone has to feel it out for themselves. But I think drawing that line really clearly, because as you said, it was not clear for you. You, you, you had to reverse engineer the problem. So being able to almost begin with, with those things and then letting yeah. them make the decisions. Yeah. So one that. of the ways that I find that it's easier, it's instead of asking, we do a healthy home assessment. Okay. So it has nothing to do like with your health in particular, but that's a great way to start the conversation. Like, oh, would you please, you know, before we start this design, would you please fill out this healthy home application uh, assessment? And when they ask, why is that? You know, why do I need to tell you, you know, about my health? Well, because we have seen some materials that are more toxic than others. And there are studies and there are lots, lots of studies that back, you know, that information, back up that information that they can go to and that you can have handy that shows them that there are studies that have been done. And here are some of the resources. And then once you do that, then they just start asking themselves questions. And the other thing too, you're not there to mitigate the problem, like the health problem. You're there to avoid that this problem gets worse by the products that you put it in your home. Right. That's basically how I approach. One of the things that we're exploring too, first of all, is absolutely, I think we're in the realm of educating the whole public until it becomes normal. Is that, Um, So this awareness is just commonplace. And then the next one that we're trying is we're also having a little bit of that resistance from just dealing directly with the customer is approaching it more from if they've already got a holistic doctor, if they've already got a chiropractor is they're not implementing these things in the home, obviously, but so they go fix these people and they go home to a toxic home. So we're working with them now. And we'll see how that works out. But our idea is they're basically prescribing this and we're just implementing those measures under their direction as they're, you know, it's all between them and their healthcare provider or, you know, their natural path doctor. Right. I love that. And that you is what I mean? genius. And I, I love my naturopaths. I love my... Yeah functional doctors, all those kinds of people, um, anyone working in cancer prevention, anyone. Yeah. Working- yeah. It's already happening because that's how we met the EMF guy that came to our house was from the doctor that was speaking at the event. So it's definitely working. Right. You don't necessarily think about the built environment industry and the yeah. naturopathic or homeopathic industry crossing paths, but that is definitely a connection I've been thinking about harder about how to explore and how to work together. So that is great. And, you know, keep doing that. That's really good. Yeah. So, okay. 
I think that is just about it. You guys have provided such good info and from such a personal place. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. And let's see here. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want anyone to know? I think it's just, you know, to start thinking about the seven pillars of a healthy home, which starts with, as you say, you know, like it's water, air, mold, lighting, which is, you know, there's so many topics for us to talk about, like lighting. We even, we didn't even talk yeah, about lighting, mm. but there, you know, just to start thinking about small things that you can do today to start improving uh, your health or just moving towards a non-toxic living just by taking one action at a time. That's, That's exactly it. And that is really the reason I named my business Eco Method Interiors, because it's kind of a methodology approach of where you look at the big picture and then pull in the pieces that make sense for you at any particular time, budget, design scheme, style, that kind of thing. And so it's half art and it's half science and you kind of just think about what you can do now, what might you do later, where are the most appropriate places to begin. And so that is right in line with what I always like to say. So I'm glad we're on the same page. And where is one place that our listeners can find you? So we have our website. It's called uh, livewellindoors.com, right? Dot com. Yeah, livewellindoors.com. And then you have something very generous for us here, which I will read now. It is, okay, so you are wanting to extend the offer for a little free gift, which is going to be seven steps to detox your home and body. And it looks like that lives on that website as well, livewellindoors.com. And is that on any particular tab or resources or anything like that? No, just on the front page. As soon as they land there, it's, it's right there. And okay. it just gives you an overall, it has some recipe, like some recipes for do it yourself. And uh, also has like an overall idea of where toxins are coming from what they're doing to your body and what you should be looking simple steps that people can take immediately to start their path to a non-toxic living okay that's great well thank you guys so much for taking the time to explain your story to everyone and i love that you were so impassioned and really well set up it was kind of like the almost like a like a, a blessing or like a silver lining that that you guys had this experience because you're so well equipped and now impassioned to help other people. So that's a wonderful outcome and I'm glad that you're doing it. So thank you so much for joining and I will catch you guys soon. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you.